Well, God has blessed us this past year and allowed us to do lots and lots of things in his name, and lots and lots of people have come to Christ, and we're just excited. So to God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Well, there's some other things we'd like to celebrate. I'm going to ask Linda Collins to come up and Wes uh, Haugen to come up. There's some other things we want to also celebrate. Uh, today, we're announcing a staff change, and uh, it's all good. Linda and her husband, Mike, and their family, uh, Linda and Mike Collins, have been serving here in various kinds of ministries for how many years, Linda? For 10? No, you've been serving on staff for 10 years, but how long has your family been here? Since the, Yeah, since the very beginning. And so they've served in lots and lots of ways, but then 10 years ago, Linda stepped up and became our, our bookkeeper, and... She does stuff that I never want to do. She chases down every single receipt. She gets everything, all the data input from every offering and everything bill that comes in. And she's been so faithful year after year, day after day. And we just want to say thank you to Linda for being our bookkeeper. She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's going to have a little more time to uh, do some traveling with her husband, Mike, and uh, we just are excited about that and uh, still be involved in ministry here. Wes is going to step in, and uh, they've been uh, kind of figuring out how this is going to work, but Wes is stepping in uh, as of today and taking over the the bookkeeping responsibilities, but he's also going to be expanding that position into more of an operations manager position, and uh, we're just excited to have Wes coming and joining us on staff. So all of God's people said... Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Linda. (laughs) Then the second thing today that we're announcing is uh, seven people are stepping into membership uh, here at Canyon Hills. And so I'd like to invite Chris and Carrie Puentes and Lan and Jesse Lupinetti and Steve Terry to come up on stage and join me right here. We want you to get to know these folks and uh, see who they are. Would you welcome them as they come? This is awesome. These folks, and along with Charles and Veronica here, who are here first service, uh, are stepping into membership. That means that they've gone to our step class, and they said, we really uh, not only love to be a part of Canyon Hills, but we agree with its mission, its vision, its values, and we want to step up and use our gifts in even greater ways. And so uh, they have taken this step to become uh, formally members here. And you can be a vital attender here at Canyon Hills and do lots and lots of things and lots of ministry. But they're just saying, we want to throw our hat in the ring and say, we want to be members of this, this, this church family. And so Chris and Carrie, we're delighted to have you join us in membership. May God just bless you guys. And uh, Steve Terry, we're just delighted to have you stepping up with us. Appreciate that so much. And uh, Lan and Jesse, uh, may God just bless you guys as you step into membership. Let's just, uh, let's just ask God. Let's pray for him. Kind of stretch out your hands. Lord, we thank you for these, these families. And God, we just pray that in, in Jesus' name that you continue to bless them and guide them in their ministry as they use their giftedness here to serve you. May you just bless them, protect them. And Lord, let them see fruit from their lives and their gifts of service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's thank them once again. Thanks, guys. (laughs) We'd also just like to celebrate. We want to encourage you, if you can stay just a few minutes after this service, we'll be baptizing 10 people all the way from children through adults, and we're just excited. God is blessing us with great, great fruit, and we just want to praise him. Amen? Amen? Well, you know, the very first service of Canyon Hills was June 3rd, 1990. And I showed up for that. 
And uh, that was a great, great time. And yet a year before that, a really, really, really young family <laughs> decided to step out in faith and start a church out in East Yorba Linda. And uh, we had a really good time getting that this church started. Now, Shirley's still waiting for the day that hairstyle comes back. <laughs> she kind of loves that hairstyle on her. So, you know, if that's back, okay. Um, but anyway, even though we have changed over these past 24, 25 years since we got involved, the mission of this church has not changed. It's never changed. The mission of this church is the same as it was on day one. And so as we celebrate 24 years here today as a church family, I'd like to revisit our mission, the reason that this church exists. Because just like homes, we get to run and churches get to run so fast and doing ministries, sometimes we kind of get unfocused. And we need to stop at different times and say, why does God have this together? We love each other. We love doing ministries together in the name of Jesus. But why does God have us all together? Why, why did he pull this group of people together at this time? So here's our mission. Let's revisit it. Our mission is to make more and better disciples of Jesus right here and around the world. Would you say that with me? Our mission is to make more and better disciples of Jesus here and around the world. And that mission comes directly from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Take a look at this. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so our mission comes from this command from Jesus. And this command was going to those who were beginning to follow Jesus, just like you and me. This command comes from God himself to you and me. And it's all about going. It says go. It's all about going and then inviting people to become followers or disciples of Jesus like we have become. Now, take a look at this. The first part of going and making disciples is, first of all, telling. We're to find ways to go tell people about Jesus Christ. We've got to find ways to do that. And when they respond to his offer of love and forgiveness, and they invite him to become their Lord and Savior, then we're to baptize them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's the per first part of the mission, go tell. But the second part of our mission is teaching. We're then to teach them to follow the commands of Jesus. Because Jesus also says this. Jesus says, you are my friends. And then there's a really big if. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And so disciples obey Jesus. So folks, our mission is to find ways to go tell and teach that result in more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. And we do this not only because Jesus has commanded us to do it, but also, look at this. The Bible also says, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That means that we as disciples of Jesus must look beyond ourselves 
and what we like and what we need. And we need to create opportunities for others to respond to Jesus. That means that that we just can't look at our own interests. But instead, we must look beyond ourselves and press on to find ways to go tell and teach others effectively about Jesus Christ. Somebody told us one day, amen? (laughs) Somebody told us about Jesus, and aren't you glad? And so we can't stop. We've got to find a way to be effective to tell others about Jesus. In other words, write this down. We get beyond ourselves when we obey the Great Commission. When we obey, we get beyond ourselves. Now, as a church family, we've got to be faithful to fulfill this Great Commission because it's to you and me that Jesus gave it. He was speaking to you and me down through time. He was speaking to us as followers. Jesus has commissioned you and me to go tell and to go teach this world about him. So here's the big question as we begin. How can we best go tell and teach? How can we best do that? How can we best make more and better disciples of Jesus? Because there's a lot of ways to do it. But how can we best right here and in other places best make more disciples of Jesus? Well, here's one way. First, we, we can obey the Great Commission by building a community center. Building a community center out here in our grass lawn. You know, lots of you have heard me say before that when God called me to start this church, part of his vision, this original vision, was a church that would welcome this community into some kind of a community center that would be open and and welcoming to our community. You see, lots of churches have multi-purpose spaces. They have gymnasiums. But most every one of them are all locked up. And nobody can, can use that space. And even if you attend that space, you've got to reserve that space. It's hard, it's hard to get into that space. And I'll be honest, the very first design that we came up with, with as this church was no different. It was just another locked up church building. So again, our community would look at Canyon Hills built on this site and they would just see another church with another locked up space that's a great space, but they can't get in it and they can't use it. So God spoke to my heart about a new design that would not only benefit our ministries, but would also benefit and bless our community. God began to talk to me about a space that would help us do a better job of telling and teaching, and also a space that's open and not difficult for our community to kind of step into. You see, we need a place that could kind of help break down barriers. A lot of folks Say, I I don't know about this Jesus thing. I don't know about this church thing. And a lot of folks would never walk in these doors because it's just scary. There's too many barriers. But when you've got an open community center where people can play basketball and volleyball and and tennis and pickleball and and do all kinds of uh, children's events out there and youth events out there, all at once people will come and they'll do something fun. And all at once some of the barriers begin to kind of drop down and say, these people aren't so bad. And when those barriers begin to come down and they begin to build some relationships, they'll say, these people aren't judging me. They're they're accepting me just like I am. They're they're loving me how I am. And those barriers begin to come down and then soon they walk into this place. Folks, we need a place like that. So I want you to dream with me for just a minute this morning. Some of you are probably already doing that. Your eyes are closed. So (laughs) maybe, maybe you're already dreaming with me. But dream with me for just a second. Can you envision this property 
being filled week after week with people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Can you envision this property being filled with men, women, children, playing in various kinds of leagues and all kinds of sports and being in all kinds of events right here? Can you then envision those people walking into this church and one day giving their hearts to Jesus? Because by, by coming here for some fun, they found this to be a place that they not only could come, but a place where some people are that they've really come to like. And some have even come to love. You see, having a, a really open community center is one way to move beyond ourselves and create opportunities to go tell and go teach. So our, our goal is to build an open-air community center to serve not only ourselves and not only our ministries, but to serve the children, the youth, the adults of our community. So take a look at this new open-air design that God's placed in my heart. This is kind of a, a bird's-eye view, and you can kind of see how it's going to take up this entire lawn space over to my right, your left. It's going to have an enhanced playground for children, uh, a fellowship area that we're calling Guest Central, and then a full high school-sized gymnasium with storage and, and restrooms and those kind of things. So that's the bird's-eye view. But then you pull into the parking lot, and it kind of looks like this. You pull in, and... You see that this end of the building looks a lot like our building. There are a lot of matching features with tile roofs and some stucco and some block, those kind of things. And then you, you come to the ramp. You come to walk on down to church and come into the sanctuary, and you see right on the other side of the handicap ramp is this new high school-sized uh, open-air community center. And then you come into the courtyard view. You're coming out of church. You walk out of the front sanctuary doors, and you have this just great open space. And can you imagine just walking out and you've got kids and you'd really like to talk with some of your friends and you're not quite in a hurry to rush off and all at once your kids say, I'm going to the play yard and you say, yeah, I'm going to go get some coffee and you're sipping some really good hot coffee over there and we throw some balls out into this open air community center and so some of your kids are shooting hoops and, and some of your kids are over here in the playground and moms and dads, you've got a break, amen? <laughs> you've got a coffee break right there with your, your friends and your family and you can just have a great time. And before you know it, the kids aren't going to want to leave. We'll have to figure out how to do that for you. But anyway, you're going to have a great, great time of fellowship even after church. And then you walk into the inside, and it kind of looks like this. You see this great open space that opens back up out into the courtyard. We're going to be doing all kinds of big, big-time events. And on special days like this, instead of having two services, we'll just all go into one service. That uh, auditorium or that community center will seat over 500 people, and we'll have a lot of big, big dinners out there. This church is into dinners, amen? amen. We'll have a lot of big events out there beyond all the other things I've been talking about. Now, I want you to know that the day is getting closer, much closer now, when we'll begin this community center. I want you to know that when this part of the vision that God spoke in my heart it's going to become reality very, very soon. So this October, we're going to begin talking about what it's going to take to build this community center. But right now, I want you to know that we're doing diligence with the city. They love our design. We're doing diligence with all of the structural engineers, all the civil engineers. We're talking to contractors, getting a solid cost estimate. All of those things are in process right now. And we're being diligent to design this center as a place where we can conduct all kinds of ministries but the cost is still doable. The first uh, community center we de designed had a full-on basement in it. 
Guess what the cost was? Anybody got an idea? Six and a half million dollars. Six and a half million dollars. And we said, okay, let's skinny this up a little bit. And then we brought it down to, to three and a half million dollars. But this center is not going to cost us three million. It's not going to cost two million. It's not going to cost one million. It's not even going to probably cost 700,000. Okay? It's going to be under that. And so we're getting the cost down to where it's not going to impact negatively any of the ministries we want to conduct, the things we want to do with our community, but it's going to be a doable cost. So we're going to talk more this October about funding this center, but for now, would you just let God begin to build his dream for this inside of you? And would you start asking God to provide a way for his dream so that we could use this to better go and better tell and better teach people in our community about Jesus. This is something we can do together. Amen? Amen. Oh, come on. Commit. Convince me a little bit. Amen? Amen? All right. This is something we can do together. It really is. And, and I've learned that God blesses those churches that press beyond themselves to go tell and go teach. God has blessed us over and over again for pressing beyond ourselves and going and planting a church in, in, in Juarez, Mexico. He's blessed us for going and doing pastoral conferences in the Philippines and three islands there. God blesses those churches that press beyond themselves to go tell and teach. And God will bless us for doing this. And he'll bless us again. The second thing, write this down. We can then obey the Great Commission by developing a cash flow fund. A cash flow fund. Now, you know what I've learned? Churches don't have things to sell to produce an income. (laughs) We don't have things to sell to produce an income stream, but we do have a message to tell. Amen? Nothing to sell, but we've got a message to tell. So how do churches keep going and telling and going and teaching without some income stream? Well, the truth is this. A church can only accomplish its mission when its own family is faithful to bring into God's house and God's work the whole tithe that God asks us all to bring into his work, his house, his ministry. But the truth is, sometimes as humans, we fail to do that. We get a trip planned to the river, to the lake house, or to the beach, and we get away and we say, oh man, I forgot to take my tithe into Linda before I left. Now it's going to be Wes. I I, I forgot to give my, my whole tithe to God. And that's when it, that's when it gets kind of difficult. Some of you have, have heard and read over the past couple of weeks that even though we're spending as a staff way under the budget that we approved as a church to operate under, that we weren't able to meet a couple of weeks ago our, our, our payroll. And so our church family, we need to, to do something about that. We need to be more faithful to do what God is asking us to do with the tithes and our offerings. And God is saying, bring the 10% of your household income into my house. So that's what God asks us to do. And I know that when you hear something like that, you say, man, pastor, that's a major step for me in my house because we're barely getting by. The bills are barely getting paid. That's, that's a major thing. But if we want to be obedient to God and we want to better go tell and better go teach as a church family, we've got to take a strong look at that in, in each of our households. But what I would say to you is this. If you'll put your trust in God and you'll do what he's asking us all to do, to bring our whole tithe into his house. If you'll do that, you will find out that God will provide for you and your house in astonishing, outstanding ways. 
Shirley and I have learned that over our 37 years in full-time ministry, that no matter what was happening in our lives, no matter what the level of our salary was, no matter how many kids were getting married, no matter what the college bills were, no matter what was going on at home, we just kept being faithful and kept bringing the whole tithe and now more than the whole tithe into his storehouse. And God just keeps blessing and blessing and blessing and providing. And sometimes we look at each other and say, how's this going to happen? This bill is coming up. It's going to be huge. How's this going to happen? And we just keep tithing and God makes a way. Amen. That's who our God is. And so I want you to experience God's touch. I want you to experience God as provider that he is. And I want our church to experience the freedom to better go tell and go teach and not be limited by the funds. Here's the real question. What can a church do when there's a low giving weekend, when a holiday comes or when summertime comes and we go out of town and we forget to bring in our tithe? Well, the only thing we can do is delay payroll and maybe a few utility bills. And so in an effort to be the best managers possible of God's house and God's resources, we've decided to develop what we're calling a cash flow fund out of which we can fund all payables on a low giving weekend. Or we can repair those things that have broken that just can't wait or or just really be such a negative impact in our ministry, we wouldn't want to do that. And so we're going to develop this cash flow fund. Then also in today's financial climate, many of you probably found out that having this kind of fund in place is now being required by financial institutions, required that we have so much cash on hand at all times. Uh, New regulations have come down the pipe. New regulations have been put in place. And even the hands of financial institutions today are tied by those new regulations. Like, for instance, we're about to refinance our mortgage. And we're, we've been with this uh, one group for a long, long time. Never missed a payment. Always been on time. All of those kind of things. And they've got new regulations. They're saying it's going to be tough for us to refinance. Because we're, you're required now to have $100,000 or more just on hand at all times for those low-giving weekends. And so all institutions are having to face that kind of thing. And so in an effort for us to be more financially repaired, prepared for a low-giving weekend and for us to operate under the best financial practices possible, we're going to be talking this October more about establishing this cash flow fund that would be there so that we would not ever find ourselves in crisis. Now, until then, here's my ask. Here's my ask. I want you to prayerfully consider how you and your house can begin, if you're not yet doing it, the whole tithe into God's house and into God's work so we can better go tell and go teach. Now, the truth is this. If the average household here in your Belinda, Corona, Anaheim, if the average household income in this area is between 100000 and $125,000, if that's an, an average household income, and we are all faithful to bring the whole tithe that God asks us to bring, with the number of households that call Canyon Hills their home, if we all did that, we would have over $1 million of excess above and beyond our current budget that could be used in ministry immediately. $1 million of excess above and beyond our operating budget for use in ministry. That means we'd not have to ever have a family financial talk on Sunday mornings like this. Amen? Amen. <laughs> 
Never again. We wouldn't have to be doing that. And that means that, that you'd never have to raise funds to go do a community center. We just do it. We just walk out and start doing it. That, that means that when God said do this or that ministry to better reach some group of people, we just go do it. And I think that's how God wants his church to be able to function. And I think that's what God had in mind when he said, bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. God wants us to be fluid. He wants us to be ready in season and out of season to just go teach and go tell. And I think that's what he has in mind. So folks, would you pray with me? Let's trust God like never before. Let's commit to give faithfully what God is asking like never before. And then as a church family, let's go do what God's calling us to do to accomplish our mission of going and telling. Then next, we can obey the Great Commission by starting a new church, by going beyond ourselves and starting a new church. Now, some of you know this, some of you don't. Starting a new church is the most effective way to lead more people to Jesus Christ than any other thing. We can have crusade evangelism, evangelism things in big stadiums. That's great. We do that. God blesses that. Lots of people come to know Christ. But more people come to Christ by starting a new church than any other way. And for several years, I've been asking God to give us a more local opportunity like Juarez where we can take teams and help start another church using our lives and our gifts and talents that God has blessed us where we could go tell and go teach in a bigger way. I want, to, I want you all to know that God has now provided that opportunity. I want you to know that we are now moving beyond ourselves once again. We are now pregnant with our fifth child. We are about to plant our fifth church out of Canyon Hills, and we're getting ready to start this new church in Fresno, California, and our church planters are going to be the hoppers. I'm going to bring them up in just a little bit, but before they come, watch this video. When Pastor Larry from Canyon Hills Friends Church came to our staff and he said, I feel like God is calling us to plant a church in Fresno, California, I was in shock. I had grown up in Fresno. I graduated from Clovis West High School and then Fresno State University. I love that place. Both my family and my wife's family are still there. We have lots of friends there from 20 plus years of life. But a church plant in this community, my first words to Larry were, I don't think Fresno needs another church. There are churches on every corner of that city, which was a very naive thought for sure. But it was my reality from what I thought I saw when I lived in this place. I began to research statistics to back up uh, my thought of not needing another church in this area. And I learned some interesting things. In 2012, when a census was taken, there were 6.5 million people located in the San Joaquin Valley with a projected growth rate of 72% by the year 2050. That is almost doubling in just over 30 years. And then looking deeper, I learned that 11.5% mark that they are professing to be a Christian in this area which leaves over 88% of those 6.5 million plus people not fully engaged to this message of Christ. Through more research, I also learned that per capita, we had more churches in the 1920s than we do today. In fact, 600% more churches 
in the 1920s than today. We haven't even planted enough churches to keep up with our own growth rate, much less the ability to reach more of the population that we are missing. My heart broke. I told the pastor that we don't need to just plant one church in the valley. We need to plant a church that would be a church planting hub in the valley. That they would go up and down the 99 freeway planting churches to reach more people with this message of Christ. And then I told the pastor that I will find someone to lead this church. I began to interview people I know in the valley. I searched online job boards, asked friends and told them about this incredible opportunity that is in front of them. I couldn't believe how many gave me this emphatic no. The pastor came to Elisa and I and said, I want to send you to a church planters conference. It was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I told the pastor, do not waste your money because Elisa and I are not the church planters. But he had faith and he sent us anyway. After being drilled with every question possible and then psychoanalyzed to the max degree, Elisa and I walked away from this conference realizing that God is really calling us to something beyond ourselves. We love where we are currently, but God is doing something that we cannot ignore and we would be disobedient not to obey this next calling on our life. Although scared, nervous, and overwhelmed, Elisa and I began to get very excited about this next adventure that we were going on. We are on mission to impact the San Joaquin Valley with the message of Christ. We're gonna do whatever it takes to find passionate people who pray and worship and share this gift of Jesus Christ with others. We're gonna build up people of purpose who understand that they are masterpieces built by God and given talents, stories, and spiritual gifts to make a difference for the kingdom of God. We will have a purposeful place that is open to anyone and everyone because what we have in common in the Lord is far greater than the things that separate. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So we're getting ready to, to start this church. And the model that we're using is called the pioneer model. That's where we send a family like the the Hopper family to an area like pioneers. And they gather a core team. They lead people to Christ. They disciple them. They train them. They help them find their giftedness. They begin to train them up to lead various ministries like like worship and children and, and all kinds of various ministries. And so we're using that pioneer model. But I want you to know David is still going to be in our staff. We're just focusing his, we're shifting his focus to church planter. So David will be coming back at the end of each month to update our elders, to preach here, to update all of you. So those dates are already on the calendar. So we're, we're keeping David on staff. We're shifting his focus. He'll come back uh, each month for these next 12 months. He's going to be Skyped into our staff meetings on Tuesdays. We're using this very connected kind of a model, and we'll be sending teams up to help and to kick things off. And so it's going to be a really connected model, and I'm excited to see some of you go and be a part of those teams to help reach this community in Fresno. Now, the timing of this church plan is this. The Hoppers are going to move to Fresno uh, this July, and then they're going to spend the next 12 months building their core team, and then the projected launch date is May of 2015. The financing for this church plan is just very simply this. Our portion here at Canyon Hills, we're going to continue to cover David's salary and benefits for the next 12 months. 
And then our denomination, Friends Church Southwest, is coming and alongside, and they're matching everything we're putting into it as a church and salary and benefits. They're matching that and a little bit above. And then they've also come and said, when it's time to lease a building and do tenant improvements and launch this church, we're going to kick in three to 400000 to help make sure those tenant improvements come along. And that's a miracle. Amen? Amen? So this is a joint effort between Canyon Hills Friends Church, the Hopper family, and Friends Church Southwest. And we're just excited about this journey. Now, I'd like to have the Hoppers come and uh, share a little bit. We're excited about them. David? Talk to us. Amen. <laughs> it's an exciting time. I've uh, been telling people who say things like, why are you leaving us? I always say to them, no, no, you sent me out. You're the one that sent us. And we do consider it a partnership. We're, we already have on the calendar the dates that we're coming back. Uh, we're speaking here, leading worship, things like that. We're going to be connected and having you come up. We already are working on a date, October 24th, 25th, somewhere like that, where you're going to come up and help us to reach the community and do some stuff in our community. It's been an amazing process because someone last week called me who used to be a children's pastor with me in Fresno. Uh, they left the church in Fresno and went to Skyline, which is a really large church in San Diego. And then she called me out of the blue and said, hey, I heard you're planning a church, and I, I felt like God telling me to help you in this. And I said, you realize we have no money, right? Are you talking about curriculum with some ideas? What are you talking about? And she said, I don't know. But God just said I needed to call you, and um, if we need to move, then, then we'll move. And so I've been talking back and forth with her, and we're already talking about a possible VBS, uh, this event in October, and she's talking about moving, and it's crazy. And it's just cool how God continues to do these, these open these doors one after the other. Uh, Elisa's been talking to all her old worship band people, and each one of them says that they've been waiting for this, and they're so excited to jump on board and do these events with us and start this church. Uh, some of my old kids that were in our youth group they have one by one said, we're so excited to finally have this, to finally come back together and do this again. And the youth minister, one of them is an old youth group kid of mine, now who's going to be the youth pastor. And then another guy who was a leader, his name's Kyle. He was a leader when I was a youth group leader. I'm all confused in my own head because there's so many stories running through my mind. But his name's Kyle, and he said, I haven't felt as close to the Lord as I was when... We were doing youth ministry four or five years ago. I, whatever you need, I'm in. And so at our last barbecue, he was the one that was running the barbecue, and he brought his wife and his child, and his child's in junior high, so the junior higher met this youth pastor who's now one of my old students. It's just crazy to see how God is bringing together this team, this core team, and doing more and more every time we go up there. And so it's been an exciting journey, and I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of it. Um, Specifically, Ryan De La Cruz, I want to thank him for the website. If you haven't been to the website, take that card. I brought one out this time. Take this card and look inside of it. It has all kinds of ways to connect. There's next steps in here, and each one of them sort of connects you to a deeper part, and all of it's through our website. Uh, I want to thank Olivia. If you're here today, thank you for this card that she made. She made about a 1,000 of these and then put them in your bulletins. She really appreciated being given that task. And I want to thank Wes for setting up our DBA. I want to thank Albert for, uh, Albert, I've called him out at first guy. Alfred, thank you for this video. You're awesome. Um, and then I want to thank the elders who have really taken a risk by doing this. 
Um, they finally said, we're going to stop going south with all of our church plants, <laughs> Corona, Norco, Juarez, Philippines, and we're going to finally go north because God is actually in the north too. And so we're going to go up <laughs> to Fresno and do something there. And I want to thank Pastor Larry. Pastor Larry has been um, an incredible example to me. I would have never said yes to this ministry if I hadn't seen him and his, his work here at Canyon. Uh, I've seen a lot of different pastors, and I decided never to be one until I met Larry. <laughs> and so I just want to thank him and you guys for allowing us to go out because you're sending us, and so it's your fault. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Stretch out your hands. Let's bless them. Let's commission them in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for uh, this awesome family that you've blessed us with these past couple of years. We pray, Lord, that now you would ready them in every way, that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit, that you'd put your hedge of protection around them, that you would give them wisdom beyond their own. Lord, that you would give them leadership and human resources and financial resources and everything that's needed, Lord so that they can best go and tell and teach this awesome community. We call it Fres, yes, we, we joke about it, but God, there's so many people that need to yet hear about your love and forgiveness. Lord, use them to go tell and teach all about you. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. <laughs> Awesome. So we can obey this great commission by building a community center, by developing cash flow funds so we can just continue to do ministry on low giving weekends and, and be better, uh, better prepared for those times, but also by starting a new church like this. And we've got to be faithful to God's great commission. And I'm going to hurry up real here. We're, we're getting late on time, but, but write this down. But last, we get by beyond ourselves when we obey not only the great commission, but when we obey the great commandment as well, the great commandment. Jesus gave us the great commission and then the great commandment. And so Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We can obey this great commandment by, first of all, loving God most. Now, the truth is this. We will not go tell and teach others about Jesus unless we love God most. Unless we love him first and love him most, we won't go and, and engage anybody else and go teach and tell them about Jesus. It's only when you love God with all your heart that you begin to get his love for the lost in your heart. It's only when you love God most that you begin to get his longings for the lost into your soul. It's only when you love God most that you begin to get his vision for reaching the lost into your mind. So when you love God most, your life is no longer just about you. It's no longer just about a church that's comfortable, that loves each other and loves to be together. It becomes about others because that's where God's heart and mind is. And so your life begins to focus more on, on going and telling and teaching others about Jesus. Because now you have his love and his longings and his visions for those who do not yet know him. So we can obey this great commandment by, first of all, loving God most. And then last, by loving others like ourselves. We've got to move beyond ourselves 
and love others like ourselves. Now catch this. God loved you and me so much that he got beyond himself. He left his home in heaven and he came to earth to redeem you and me. He sacrificed his own life to redeem you and me. He went beyond himself and his own comfort zone. But listen, God loves the whole world so much that his love does not stop with just you and me. It does not stop with just this church. He loves his church so much, but he wants his church to not stop with just who's here. His love for the world is not to be locked up inside these walls. So God says, you're to love your neighbors like yourself. That means we're to care about our neighbor's eternal future, not just each other's. We're to care about their eternity so much that we move beyond ourselves and we find and create ways to better go tell and go teach them about Jesus. So you and I, we're to love God most and love others like we love ourselves. So the question is, how can we better take care of other people? Well, the things we've been talking about here today, the answer is build a community center that helps barriers go down. So the people are finally willing to say, what is this God thing? What is this Jesus thing? Tell me about it. I I see something different in your life. We develop a cash flow fund so that any minute that God says, go do this or do that, we just go do it. Start a new church to reach another group of people. These are the things that we can do together. Amen? Amen? We can go and make more and better disciples. We can go tell and teach in a far greater way. So I just want to say as your pastor, let's go. Amen? Amen. Let's go. Let's do what God's calling us to do. And you know what? We've got so much as a church. I've been in hundreds of churches across the United States. We have a finer facility than most churches. We have a, a, a greater variety of skills in this church that most churches would die to have. We, we've, we've got talent in this church that most churches only dream about. We've got a, more of a go-for-it attitude than a lot of churches. We've got more love for each other than, than a lot of churches. And believe it or not, we have greater potential for funding our vision than most churches. Folks, God has put together right here in this place an awesome church family. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, you're awesome. <laughs> if somebody's Stephen SD, just say, you're awesome. Because it's true. It's really true. So as we close today, would you just join me in being faithful to the great commission and the great commandment? And if we will do those two things, God will do more in us and for us and through us than we've ever dreamed possible. Let's pray. As I close with this prayer, would you maybe repeat it in your heart? Father, I want to be a part of accomplishing your mission. I want to be a part of making more and better disciples of Jesus. Show me how I can help your mission be accomplished. And help me stay focused on your mission. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name.